friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host of the Full Confidence Ed Podcast, where we go on a journey together tackling the fears of life, from family relationships to finance, and <laughs> yes, finance can be a little bit more scary during the holiday season, from careers to community. You guys, today, I want to talk about life lessons I learned on a bench. So let me paint this picture for you. This week, I was sitting on a bench. It had no back to this bench. It was a very hard bench for four hours. So as you can imagine, my back was hurting. And let's just say my backside did not have a lot of cushion either. So there was a lot of pain going on for four hours. But you might be asking yourself, yeah, Katie Ann, why were you sitting on a bench for four hours? And what life lessons did you learn? Uh, Let me tell you, friend, a lot. And I'm going to tell you right after our sponsors. We're so grateful to have sponsors on the show. They make the Full Confidence Head podcast. So we're going to pause for a moment for our sponsors. And then I will tell you why I was on this bench. I think a lot of times the feeling of fear comes from a lack of control in our lives. And our sponsor, PowerPay, is offering a money master course that's normally $40 for free to all Full Confidence Ahead podcast listeners so you can take control of your finances this year. The course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. So to claim your course, go to extensioncourses.usu.edu slash Pal, which is K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N-P-O-W-E-L-L, and it'll automatically add the money master course course to your cart and you just click checkout and you'll get it for free. You can also access your course by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the money master course under the finance category, then using the code KATIEANN, K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N, with no spaces, to claim your $40 discount and free course at checkout. So let's master our money together. Okay, we're back to the bench. So I was sitting on this bench. It was a black bench, an adjustable black bench (laughs) in a very fancy house. So I actually had my dream come true this week. I have been wanting to play the harp at the governor's mansion. So backstory for you, if you're a new listener to the podcast, I am a professional harpist and I enjoy very much so playing the harp. I've played for over 20 years, <laughs> which has included a lot of blood blisters and sore fingers, but also a lot of joy. So I've had this dream for a long time to play at the governor's mansion. I've done a couple mayor- mayoral inaugurations um, throughout the state, and I wanted to take the next step and play for the governor. That was something I had wanted for a long time, and it happened, you guys. I got to play at the governor's mansions for the governor's artist awards, um, and it was stunning and beautiful. I hauled my harp into this lovely over a century old house decorated to the brim with Christmas decorations, just as if it was cloaked in the most royal clothing. (laughs) That's the best imagery I can, I can give. There was ribbons and there was five Christmas trees in the whole house, four in the bottom level alone. And the, the art on the walls was original and beautiful and the trees were big and stunning with these huge ornaments and there I was with my harp and I felt 
like I was walking through a China house. It was crazy and stunning. Um, And I learned a lot of life lessons sitting on that bench. So I was hired for four hours to sit on my harp bench and play for the governor's awards. So they had a dinner and I played through that and a reception and um, this celebration of these artists throughout the state who have done an incredible job and inspired many people. So I was sitting there playing. Um, and so many things came to me. And the first thing that came to me of the life lessons on a bench was how I even got there in the first place. So many of you might be thinking, wow, Katie, and that's great. Really good job. You're a great harpist. You did your dream that you probably just worked really hard and got there. And well, yeah, I did work really hard. I've, I've studied for many years, but there was one really secret ingredient that I did to get to the governor's mansion. It didn't just happen out of nowhere. It didn't just be like, poof, a magic fairy gave me my dream. What happened was persistence, persistence and grit. So about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I started on this quest, probably about a year ago, of pursuing, trying to actually really not turn this thought of playing for the governor into reality. And I started calling the governor's mansion a lot. (laughs) Like, quite a bit <laughs> to the point I was like, hello, this is Katie Ann. I'm a harpist. Do you have any events? And they're like, no, we don't. It was COVID. We were shut down. And I'm like, okay, I'll try again. And I tried again. And then I tried again. And again, they, the response was always, we will put you on the list when we open up for events again. And I'm like, man, okay. Oh, okay. Here we go. Round two, call again. Um, and of course there was months in between the time um, that I would call. Um, and then finally, one of my friends actually, their um, one of their relatives worked at the governor's mansion and reconnected me. It was someone I actually had called before, and they were like, "Hey, you're the harpist. Yes, you're on the list. Okay." And it was this persistence that nothing happened for a very, very long time. It was like, "Okay, hey, are you going to have any gigs?" And the answer was always no. And then, "Okay, are you going to have any gigs?" And the answer was no. And okay, are you going to have any gigs? And still no until one day I was sitting at work and I got a call from an unknown number and I picked it up and it was from the governor's mansion. They said, Katie Ann, would you be willing to play at this time and this day for the governor's artist awards? And I was floored that finally after months of calling that they actually called me back and so ecstatic. And, you know, it wasn't really anything I had done besides persistence to get me there. To be honest, they had never heard me play. They they knew a little bit of my background that I was a, a, a legit player that I had background, but it wasn't that they had heard me play and been like, wow, this girl is so grand on the harp or anything. It was persistence. It was pure persistence that got me in that spot. And actually because of that persistence, they so they booked me about a week in advance before the event happened, but about two days after they had booked me. So even before they had heard, they had called a second time and booked me a second time at the mansion without even hearing me. So they had trusted me based on persistence, not even skill or um, ability because they haven't even heard my um, artistry on the harp. And I think that says a lot. And this is a pattern that didn't just happen that day, but it's happened a lot in my life is persistence proves progress. And when we're persistent with things, if you're willing to stick it out 
through times of no response and you're willing to bear with things and bear with your dreams and be persistent through them and accept no as an answer for a while, then you will find success eventually. And I don't know when that eventually is for you. For me, I was shocked, honestly. It was one day out of the blue, a call from the governor's mansion was like, oh, hello, <laughs> nice to have your call. Um, you never know when that call is going to come for you. And opportunity, luck, there's this quote of luck is um, preparation plus opportunity. That opportunity is random. You'll never know when when the call of life is going to happen but you can control if you're prepared. And actually there's a quote from Winston Churchill that I love in life and I'm going to pull it up and read it for you. And this is what he said, quote, to each there comes in their lifetime a special moment when they are figuratively tapped on the shoulder and offered the chance to do a very special thing, unique to them and fitted to their talents. What a tragedy if that moment finds them unprepared or unqualified for that which could have been their finest hour. Uh, that quote's always given me chills. Um, partly because of that last sentence of, yeah, what a tragedy it would be if that moment finds you unprepared or unqualified to what would have been your finest hour. And that has kept me on my toes to always be progressing and preparing my talents because I just know when that call would be. Thankfully, I've kept up practicing and I've been practicing every day, uh, regardless of not receiving calls from the governor's mansions for months. I've kept up that practicing even when nothing was happening. So when I was figurative in, in Winston Churchill's words, when I was figuratively tapped on the shoulder, or when I did get that call, I was ready to accept quickly and go and play. And what, what a beautiful what a beautiful quote that is for us to both have persistence and preparation. I think persistence and preparation really, if I, okay, I don't really believe in one key success to life, but man, persistence and preparation, I think is two characteristics that anyone who is successful in life has. And now if you've listened to my podcast before, I'm always redefining what success looks like because that looks different for every single person. But maybe I think success in this in this term is fulfillment in life. And fulfillment is is chasing after what you love and what helps you feel achieved and what helps you feel full in your life. And preparation and persistence, I believe, will get you there. And I think Winston Churchill did too. So that's one of the first lessons I learned from that branch is the only reason I was sitting there wasn't because I was good at my talent which thankfully I've become good. Um, but it was because I was persistent. And that is far more valuable than any talent, I think, is persistent overrides talent or ability in anything. So that was the first lesson. So lesson number two from my bench was something I learned because <laughs> my fingers started hurting after four hours. <laughs> If you can imagine four hours of plucking notes. So when you're plucking strings, there's wire strings, you guys. Like wire, if you're just rubbing your fingers against wire, yeah, try that. Try that for fun. That, that's a fun exercise. Just kidding. Don't try that for fun. That one. <laughs> it's not fun. Try rubbing your fingers against wire anything for four hours. It is painful, you guys. And not only that, you're like pulling really odd muscles in your fingers 
that you didn't even know you had. Like, who knew the joint, the first joint in your finger is full of muscles and you get really strong there and, and it gets tired. So as you can imagine, after four hours, I was getting some, some sore fingers, aka some blisters happening. And uh, I was like, holy cow, ouch. And I learned something at the at the very first of playing, I had played very promptly and loud. Like I was so excited to be doing my dream, right? This was my dream. And I just wanted to um, make the governor feel proud. These are the artists. These are literally the top artists from around Utah coming in and I'm playing for them. I wanted to play well, right? And so I translated well as loud and prominent. My error in that is that didn't help me have longevity. I knew I had to play for four hours. And yet those first couple songs, I was plucking like no other, like, bam. It was almost as if <laughs> I was like a heavy metal band on a harp, like classical music never was so <laughs> exciting. <laughs> I was going really hard on the harp, really pressing into the strings, um, not really thinking about longevity. Yeah, three and a half hours later, that really took a toll on me. Um, and it made me ponder and think that anyone can blast it out. Anyone can have a loud voice, right? Anyone can scream out their opinion. Anyone can do really well. Anyone can sprint really hard, but not everyone can run a marathon or not everyone can have longevity. Anyone can do a job really well for 10 minutes. I really believe that. I think anyone, if you get a little bit of training, anyone could do something really good for a short amount of time, but not everyone can do something well for a long time. That takes a lot of practice, endurance, muscle building. Um, let's just take marathon running and running in general for um, an example. You know, you run line up kids in elementary school at uh, and you say race and they'll like race to the other side. Just about every kid can do that, right? Anyone can run and sprint a short distance. But not if you ask those same kids, okay, like we're going to run a marathon. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to do that unless they train. None of us would be able to do that. Same thing. <laughs> think of Thanksgiving. We're in the holiday season and Thanksgiving happened a little a couple weeks ago. And so think of right before you have your Thanksgiving, you're like, okay, let's do a little turkey trot. You line up everyone and Uncle Phil and Uncle Bob and Aunt Julie and everyone's there. And, and you say, okay, everyone's sprint. Like everyone's at least going to get a, most everyone's going to be able to get a couple jogs in or walk really fast, but not everyone can walk or run a marathon, right? So there's something that we can all kind of blast out, but not everyone can have longevity. And that's in talent, that's in physicality, that's like doing something physical, biking, running, that's same thing in professional development. Um, just about anyone can come in and do a really good job at the first day on the job and be a really good person like on the call person or a person in the office you can be really good but not everyone can be good in that position for 20 years and I think that's the the other key to life is longevity and that takes pacing and it takes muscle and it takes um, patience so pacing muscle and patience so pacing whenever you start something so what I should have done when I started for four hours I should have realized taking a breath and said, okay, I'm really excited right now. And that is awesome. And I'm going to use my excitement 
to have melodic lines instead of like pressing so hard into these notes um, and trying to impress. And maybe that was my folly too. Rather than trying to impress, we should just try to do our best. And that's a very different mindset. Trying to impress will always kind of make us metaphorically more loud, right? But trying to do our best is where that longevity happens because we understand that our job's going to take a long time. Um, so taking out that impress and try to do your best instead is so different. And that's turning from comparison and turning into self-performance. Um, very different switch that can help a lot. And I think that pushes yourself into longevity and into using those muscles. And I think the other thing is you have to build up muscles, right? And that takes preparation. So that's back to that Winston Churchill quote of preparation, right? Is you have to be prepared and take time to do your talent, your job. Um, and that can be through education. That can be through taking classes that can be through practicing whatever that looks like for you, but building up those muscles so that when you are called upon in life to, to use your talent or do it for a long time, then you are, you will be able to do that. And pacing is huge. Pacing is a big deal. So marathon runners, when they start off at the race, they don't sprint when they, those first miles, they really pace themselves and warm their bodies up. I think if we did that more in our lives every single day too, a lot of times I notice myself, I get to work and I try to sprint, right? And by the end of the day, you're like, whoa, what if you went and you were mindful throughout your whole day? Instead of sprinting, you try to take each task and do the very best. Instead of, instead of equating quickness of time to a good job, maybe equate quality to a good job. Um, it slows us down a little bit. I think our life, our technology has pushed us into this, this idea that success is quick, um, both in trying to gain success early on in our life and also in projects. Like if you can't do something quick, then you're not good at it. And I don't believe that at all. I do just do not believe that. I think success actually is the long stories, the long haul the people who are in it for the long haul. I don't think someone, a one-shot wonder, like one-shot, <laughs> one-hit wonder, whoops, wrong, <laughs> wrong term. A one-hit wonder really isn't successful. They did one song and then no one heard of them again. But the Beatles, a famous band who had many albums, is successful because they changed the world and what music looked like. So longevity over speed. Big deal. Something I learned as my fingers were crying. <laughs> That's one thing I learned at my harp jet bench there, um, plucking those strings. So rather than seeking to impress, trying to do my best and having that longevity instead of speed and, and loudness. The other thing I love, and I'm always discovering this and I'm learning this at the harp, and it forces me to think differently in life, is there are no wrong notes. Especially, I'm trying to become, not trying, I'm going to correct my words, I'm becoming a jazz harpist because I'm, I'm mentally shaping that in my brain. I'm becoming a jazz harpist, which means in jazz, there are no wrong notes. I have to just accept that improv is a part of the experience and there's going to be some wonky notes, but you have to make that into a beautiful melodic line. It's just part of the creativity process. You can't go back and erase your note. It's played and you have to do something with it. Inevitably, there is no perfect performance <laughs> and um, there just isn't. 
even, well, okay, maybe there's some musicians who have had a perfect performance, like every single note was correct. And man, I want to talk to you if you did, because that is pretty cool. Because all of my uh, professional musician friends that I've talked to, you know, we've never had a perfect performance, but we have had incredible performances and the audience never knows because, and that is because when you live life and you let go of having quote unquote wrong notes in your life, and just let it be a step in your life and make something out of it. Instead of trying to erase your life, try to melt it into a melodic line. Um, and that is hard. That was hard at the heart bench sometimes. Admittedly, I played wrong notes for the governor, you guys. I was playing like the prayer, a really beautiful song. And then suddenly like, oh, oh uh, uh, that was the wrong note. But you can't stop. You have to keep going through it. And I made a melody out of it, something different, improv off of it. And you know what? It made some pretty cool arrangements. I actually think sometimes those missteps I took that kind of shot me into a, a, a moment of improv in my harp, harping, is that if that's a word, um, actually were some of the most beautiful moments because then it wasn't just the song that everyone's heard, but it was something more different, interesting. Um, it allowed me to be creative and allowed listeners to enjoy something different than the normal music they heard every single day. So you know what? You never know when a, a wrong note or or a, a weird day in your life could actually be changed into a, a beautiful melodic mem- a moment or memory. Um, you guys, I love jazz music. I just love jazz and I'm still getting this idea that there are no wrong notes. I just want that philosophy in my life too, that there's no wrong, there's no wrong notes. There's sometimes when we're going throughout our lives, I think we criticize ourselves too much like, oh man, but what if instead we just said, wow, that's just another note in my melody of life and improv off of it. If you didn't do exactly what you had hoped to do or perform, why don't you just create something beautiful as a base to that melodic line. I, I just think it's beautiful. I, that's the philosophy I'm trying to um, have in my life of jazz music, no one notes, making melodies out of what might have been missteps and and moving forward. I think the, the, the beautiful part of jazz is you move forward. You don't stop. You don't erase. You can't go back. You just keep going and make something beautiful out of it. And it always does turn out beautiful. It's it's pretty amazing to me. So I, I love that. <laughs> okay, now this is another lesson I learned at the bench. And I just think it's kind of funny. Um, I don't know if any of you are um, musicians as well listening to this, but I freeze up. I don't know if you do. I freeze up when someone starts singing with me because a lot of times I'll play show tunes or things that people recognize or some popular music. And sometimes people will sing. <laughs> Literally, there's no life story to this, but one thing I learned at the bench, don't stop if someone starts singing with you because they expect the melody to keep going and then you're stopped and it's like, uh, what do you do? <laughs> you guys, I panic when people start singing with me. So you could just laugh at that. So someone started singing Memory, the cat song, along with me, Memory along the moonlight. And I just kind of froze for a second and they kind of like were jarred because I kept, couldn't keep going and I had to pick it back up there. <laughs> We laughed and it was funny and they had a solo moment. That was my, that was what I 
had, I guess I hoped is they just had a solo moment without any accompaniment. But when someone starts, start singing, don't stop. That's my other thing I learned from the heart bench. (laughs) My last thing I learned for the heart bench is what do you do when you've done your dreams? Um, as I was sitting there, I was like, man, I did it. Like I did my harp dream. Now what? Um, what do you do when you've accomplished it, when you've done it, when you've reached there? Um, I think it's time to find a new dream and dreams can change and they don't have to be in the same topic of like, it can be in a different topic. Um, they can mold, they can change, they can develop, but I think there's joy when you keep dreaming. There's something beautiful about dreams that keep us pursuing passions and and I think when you share your dreams with other people too, they happen more often. Um, and sharing it with the right people. I When you find friends around you that support your dreams instead of laugh at them, man, you know you've got good friends and I hope you, that you keep them close by. And if you don't feel like you have those people around you yet, just know that the Full Confidence Head podcast is a community where you can share your dreams. And I would love to support your dreams always. You can always find me on um, my Instagram at KDN underscore pal. Um, I'm there to support your dreams. Just DM me and say, hey, this is my dream right now. And I'll just send you a big congratulations. You've got this and check in with you because that's a big deal to be a dreamer and a doer. Um, there's always that classic question of, are you a dreamer or a doer? And I always answer with, well, I'm both because shouldn't we all be? And I believe we should. And I think we all have the capability to be both of a dreamer and a doer. Um, and you know, I always ask at the end of the podcast of what is one piece of advice you give your younger self to boost your confidence. And I think it would be exactly that about dream and do. And don't be afraid to dream big, even when people laugh at it. I've had plenty of people I've told my dreams to and they've laughed at it. And you know what? Rather than feeling discouraged from your dreams, just maybe make a mental note and say, okay, maybe that's not a person I want in my inner circle. And rather than discouraging from your dreams, just find people that support those dreams and go forward with it. Um, Because when you find a support system of people who really help you through your dreams, wow, I'm so grateful for my family. (laughs) I've had some pretty crazy dreams. And they've also helped me come up with some pretty amazing, crazy dreams. Um, And without them, Half of them, I don't know if I would have been able to do. Honestly, this podcast is one of them. This was a crazy dream. For me, talking in front of a microphone by myself, producing my own episodes, being the host, fully running this show by myself seemed like a big dream. And it still is. This is still something that um, I can't believe I'm doing. And if it wasn't for my family, for my parents, for my sister, for my brother-in-law, for my aunt and uncle, for for those who have taken time to train me and to support me and to give me ideas, I wouldn't be behind this mic and I wouldn't um, be able to create this wonderful community with you on there and have our incredible guests. And so I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful that I have found people in my life who, who will support my dreams. And I hope that is my dream for you too is that you find those people and surround yourself with them. Um, And if you haven't found them yet, like I said, 
I can be, I hope to be that person for you. And I hope that this podcast is a space for you to keep dreaming that that's part of these episodes are to help you feel fulfillment in life is to dream. And maybe one of these guests you can connect with afterwards, message them always at the end of the podcast. We, we list of how to connect, connect with our guests in person. So please connect with our guests and let them know that, um, you would like to do what they do and connect and have them help you through your dream. Um, we are hardwired for connection as human beings. And I hope that on this podcast, we are helping that connection come to pass is it's not just something that you are here to listen every week, which we are, but it's also for you to feel connected with other people, both with me as your friend and with other people in our community, the guests that we bring on. So please connect with us. And you can always find me, like I said, um, Instagram's probably the best way at KDN underscore pal. I have my website on there and my Instagram. If you go into the profile and click into that, you can always connect and message me through my website as well. And that's also on my Facebook, KDN pal. You can find my website through there. Um, we're there to connect with you and to support your dreams. So dream big, do it, have longevity and life lessons on a bench. You never know what you're going to learn on a bench. My favorite thing each week is just to listen to the stories of these incredible people on the podcast. They give me confidence in all areas of my life. The Full Confidence Ahead sponsor, Utah Money Moms, has boosted my financial confidence. I remember the first time I heard about them on YouTube, I just found this video about tracking your expenses they had done, and it was so simple and confidence building that I went to their website and started downloading as much material as I could. Make sure you head over to utahmoneymoms.com after this episode to sign up for their free webinars on all financial topics from the basics of budgeting to estate planning. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.